Chapter forty three of California Sketches by Oscar Penn Fitzgerald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter forty three California Traits. Californians of the olden decades have never been surpassed in spontaneous, princely generosity. If a miner were killed by a cave or premature explosion, it took only a few hours to raise five hundred or a thousand dollars for his widow the various sought or tramp had only to get sick to be supplied with all that money could buy there never was another people so open-handed to poverty sickness or the stranger they were wild wicked fellows and made sad havoc of the greater part of the decalogue but if deeds of charity are put to the credit of the sinner the recording angel smiled with inward joy as he put down many an item on the credit side of the eternal ledger this trait distinguished all alike saints and sinners merchants and miners gamblers and politicians jews and gentiles yankees and southerners natives and foreigners here and there would be found a mean close-fisted fellow who never responded to the appeals of that heavenly charity which kept the hearts of those feverish excited struggling men alive but such a man was made to feel that he was an object of intense scorn the hot-tempered adventurer who shot down his enemy in fair fight could be tolerated but not the miserly wretch who hoarded the dollar needed to save a fellow-man from want those californians of the earlier days showed two traits in excess a princely courage and a princely generosity and their descendants will have in their traditions of them a source of inspiration that will serve to perpetuate among them a brave and generous manhood a notable exhibition of this spontaneous and princely generosity in the californians took place in eighteen sixty seven the war had left the south decimated broken impoverished a land of grief and of graves already in eighteen sixty six the gaunt spectre of famine hovered over the fated south the next year a general drought completed the catastrophe the crops failed there was no money the war had stripped the southern people of all but their lives and their land it was a dark day starvation menaced hundreds of thousands of men women and children a poor widow in sonoma county reading in the newspapers the accounts given of the suffering in the south sent me six dollars and fifty cents with a note saying that she had earned the money by taking in washing she added that it was but a mite but it would help a little leaving it to my discretion to send it where it was most needed her modest note was published in the christian spectator of which i was then editor the publication of that little note was like touching a spark to dry prairie grass the hearts of the californians were ready for the good work and the poor sonoma widow showed them the way to do it from all parts of the state money poured in by hundreds by thousands by tens of thousands of dollars until directly and indirectly over ninety thousand dollars in gold was sent to the various relief committees in baltimore macon nashville richmond and other cities the transmission of all this money cost not a dollar the express companies carried the coin free of charge the bankers remitted all charges on exchange all services were rendered gratuitously the whole movement was carried out in true california style a single incident will illustrate the spirit in which it was done a week or two after the widow's note had been published i had occasion to visit san jose 
it was saturday the great day for traffic in that flourishing inland city the streets were thronged with vehicles and horses and men and women sauntering trading talking gazing the great centre of resort was the junction of santa clara and first streets as i was pushing my way through the dense mass of human beings at this point i met frank stewart filibuster philosopher mineralogist and editor wait here a moment said stewart to me springing into an empty express wagon he cried oh yes oh yes oh yes after the manner of auctioneers a crowd gathered around him with inquiring looks i stood looking on wondering what he meant fellow citizens said stewart while you are here enjoying prosperity and plenty there is want in the homes of the south men women and children there are starving they are our own countrymen bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh we must send them help and we must send it promptly i tell you they are starving in many homes this very night hungry children will sob themselves to sleep without food but yonder i see an old neighbor whom you all know pointing to me he has recently visited the south is in direct communication with it and will be able to give us the facts in the case get up here where you can be seen and heard and tell us what you know of the distress in the south i attempted a retreat but in vain almost before i knew it they had me on the express wagon talking to this crowd it was a novel situation to me and i felt awkward at first the whole proceeding was a surprise but there was sympathy and encouragement in the upturned faces of those californians and i soon felt at ease standing in my strange pulpit in the open air my audience kept growing the people deserting the street auctioneers the stores the saloons and the sidewalks and pressing close around the express wagon after describing scenes i had witnessed i was giving some details of the latest news from the distressed localities when a dark-skinned grave-looking little man pressed his way through the crowd and silently laid a five-dollar gold piece on the seat of the express wagon at my feet another another and another followed not a word was spoken but strong breasts heaved with emotion and many a bronzed cheek was wet i could not go on with my speech but broke down completely still the money poured in it seemed as if every man in that vast throng had caught the feeling of the moment never even in the consecrated temple amid worshipping hundreds and pealing anthems and fervent prayers have i felt that god was nearer than at that moment at length there was a pause mr spring the lively and good-natured auctioneer rushed into his store across the street and bringing out a gaily painted little cask of california wine put it into my hand saying sell this for the benefit of the cause this was indeed a new role for me taking the cask in my hands and lifting it up before the crowd i asked who will give me five dollars for this cask of wine the money to go to help the starving i will said a man from ohio standing directly in front of me advancing and laying down the money as he spoke who else will give five dollars for it i will and i and i and i the responses came thick and fast until the gallon cask of wine had brought in eighty-five dollars the last purchaser a tall good-natured fellow from maine said to me as he turned and walked off take the cask home with you and keep it as a memento of this day 
the crowd scattered and i gathered and counted the silver and gold that lay at my feet it filled the canvas sack furnished by a friendly storekeeper and ran high up into the hundreds that was california the california in which still lingered the spirit of the early days i descended from my impromptu rostrum invoking a benediction upon them and their children and their children's children and it is re-echoing in my heart as i write these lines thousands of miles away on the banks of the cumberland in tennessee it ought to be added here that in this work of relief for the south northern men and women were not a whit behind those from the south the first subscriber to the fund and the most active worker in its behalf in san francisco was thomas h selby a new yorker of noble and princely spirit whose subsequent death robbed california of one of its richest jewels i am glad to claim national kinship with such people on the afternoon before thanksgiving day in eighteen hundred and sixty something two little girls came into my office on washington street one was a chubby curly-headed little beauty about five years old the other was a crippled child about ten with a pale suffering face and earnest pleading blue eyes she walked with crutches and was out of breath when she got to the top of the long narrow staircase in the third story of reese's building where i dispensed copy for the printer and school law for the pedagogues in those days the older girl handed me a note which she had brought in her thin white hand i opened the paper and read these words i am lying sick on larkin street near sacramento and there is not a mouthful to eat nor a cent of money in the house i recognized the signature as that of a man i had met at the napa springs two years before he was then as now an invalid i took my hat and cane and followed the children it was painful work for the crippled girl climbing the hill in the face of the heavy wind from the sea often she had to pause and rest a few moments panting for breath and trembling from weakness when we reached the house which was a rickety shanty partly buried in the sand a hollow-eyed hopeless-looking woman met us at the door she had the dull weary look of a woman worn out with care and the loss of rest on a coarse bedstead lay the invalid as soon as he saw me he pulled the quilt over his head and gave way to his feelings looking around i was shocked to see the utter absence of everything necessary to the comfort of a family they had parted with every article that would bring a little money with which to buy food where the children five in number slept i could not conceive making a short stay i went forth to send them relief a genial red-bearded new hampshire man kept a grocery and provision store on the corner of jackson and stockton streets i liked him and sometimes patronized him i gave him the address of the needy family and instructed him to send them everything they needed before sunset a heavy-laden wagon deposited such stores of eatables at the sandhill shanty as made the inmates thereof wonder when the bill was presented it was evident that he had not charged half price i knew my man the next day my purpose was to go to calvary church and hear a sermon from the brilliant dr charles wadsworth with whom striking and eloquent thanksgiving sermons had long been a specialty 
on my way to church i thought of the helpless family in the sand hills and i resolved to change my thanksgiving program the thought was suggested to my mind that i would go up one side of montgomery street and down the other and ask every acquaintance i should happen to meet for a contribution to the family on larkin street the day was lovely and all san francisco was on the streets you must go to california to learn how delightful a november day can be before i had gone two squares so much specie had been given to me that i found it necessary to get a sack to hold it on the corner of california street i came upon colonel eyre and a knot of other brokers ten in number every one of whom gave me a five dollar gold piece by the time i had gotten back to my starting point the canvas sack was full of gold and silver i took it at once to larkin street the sad hollow-eyed woman met me at the door i handed her the sack she felt its weight and began to tremble staggered to the bed and sinking upon it burst into a fit of violent weeping the reaction was too sudden for her poor worn creature the sick man also cried and the children cried and i am not sure that my own eyes were dry i left them very soon and wended my way homeward to my cottage on the western edge of russian hill above the sea my thanksgiving dinner was enjoyed that day about seven years afterwards a man overtook me on the street in san francisco and grasping my hand warmly called me by name don't you know me don't you remember the man to whom you brought that money on thanksgiving day seven years ago i'm the man that money made my fortune i was able to obtain medicines and comforts which before i had not the means to buy my mind was relieved of its load of anxiety my health began to improve from that day and now i am a well man prosperous in business and with as happy a family around me as there is on earth what more he said as he held and pressed my hand need not be repeated if we search for the cause of this california trait of character perhaps it may be found in the fact that the early californians were mostly adventurers please remember that this word has a good as well as a bad sense their own vicissitudes and wrestlings with fortune gave them a vivid realization of the feelings of a fellow-man struggling with adversity it was a great brotherhood of adventure from whose fellowship no man was excluded they would fight to the death over a disputed claim they would too often make the strong hand the test of right they gave their animal passions free play and enacted bloody tragedies but they never shut their purses against the distressed nor turned a deaf ear to the voice of sorrow doubtless the ease and rapidity with which fortunes were made in the early days also contributed to produce this free-handedness a man who made or hoped to make a fortune in a week did not stop to count the money he spent on his schemes his passions or his charities cases came to my knowledge in which princely fortunes were squandered by a week of debauch with cards wine and women a sailor struck a pocket on woods creek and took out forty thousand dollars in two days he went into town deposited the dust drew several thousand dollars in coin and entered upon a debauch in a day or two the coin was exhausted the gamblers saloon keepers and bad women having divided it between them half crazed with drink he called for his gold dust and taking it to the long tom he began to bet heavily against a faro bank 
staking handfuls of the shining dust he alternately won and lost until becoming excited beyond control he staked the entire sack of gold dust valued at twenty eight thousand dollars on a single card and lost of course he went to bed and slept off the fumes of his drunkenness got money enough to take him to san francisco where he shipped as a common sailor on a vessel bound for shanghai he expressed no regret for the loss of his treasure but boasted that he had a jolly time while it lasted in sonora there was a rough whiskey-loving fellow named bill ford who divided his time between gambling drinking and deer-hunting one day he took his rifle and sallied forth in search of venison he wandered among the hills for several hours without finding any game reaching a projection of bald mountain a few hundred yards below the summit tired and hot he threw himself on the ground to rest under the shade of a stunted tree in an idle way he began to dig into the rotten quartz with his hunting knife thinking such thoughts as would come into the mind of such a harum-scarum fellow under the circumstances what's this he suddenly exclaimed hurrah i have struck it it's gold it's gold and it was gold bill had struck a pocket and a rich one his deer hunt was a lucky one after all marking well the spot he lost no time in getting back to sonora where he provided himself with a strong iron-bound water bucket and then returned with his treasure which amounted to forty thousand dollars the pocket was exhausted though much labor and money were expended in the search no more gold could be found there bill took his gold to town and was the hero of the hour only one way of celebrating his good fortune occurred to his mind he went on a big spree whiskey cards etc he was a quarrelsome and ugly fellow when drinking the very next day he got into a fight at the city hotel and was shot dead leaving the most of his bucket full of gold dust unspent the time and manner of bill's death was in its result the best thing known of his history a strange thing happened the money found its way to his mother in pennsylvania every dollar of it public sentiment aided the public administrator in doing his duty in this case it was a common saying among the californians in those days that when an estate was taken charge of by that functionary the legal heirs had small show of getting any part of it it is but just to say however that there was a latent moral sense among the californians that never failed to condemn the faithless public servant they did not take time to prosecute him but they made him feel that he was despised End of chapter forty three